Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. My name is Chris, with me as always is Parker and Alex, and we watch Future Sport, which is about a futuristic sport. Uh, Alex, how did you find this one? <laughs> uh, Prime Video, the same way I find all. Yeah, I should. I, TV, I knew that was coming. garbage. <laughs> <laughs> this was made was for beautiful. TV, really? I think this is in theater you somewhere. Don't, you don't say. <laughs> <laughs> it was. I'll be, I'll be honest. I was a little bit skeptical because I found it on Tubi TV, which is never a good sign. And then I hit oh. play, and I was like, "No, nah, he was right." Yeah. <laughs> he was right. If you watch it on Tubi TV. <laughs> If you watch on Tubi TV, there's something I'm going to have to when I when we talk about the booth, there's something I'm going to have to get to. Uh, but if you watch on Tubi TV, you probably oh boy, had a better... let's make it longer. No, 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 no. <laughs> this one, this one's going to be shorter. You probably had a better viewing experience than I did, even with the commercials. But again, we'll get to that. Before that, uh, get on to some news here. Uh, another death uh, in the film community. One of uh, one Robert Saget. Now, Bob Saget was, of course, on. The TV show that's associated with this theme song, Full House, uh, probably the worst show ever made. But he was known for a lot of stuff. I mean, Bob Saget had a long career. He he was also on America's Funniest Home Videos. I believe he was the original host of that for like all of the '90s. Uh, he also did a lot of comedy, but uh, that was kind of dirty. So we're not going to repeat those jokes. They're very naughty. <clears throat> also, I don't know what they mean. Yeah, but he also did other stuff. He was also on um, was he he was the director for Dirty Jobs, starring Norm Macdonald. And uh, the outpouring of love that Norm Macdonald got is probably something that's not going to be, you know, repeated again. But, boy, you see a lot of comedians just declaring all their love for Bob Saget. Boy, it turns out the guy was really well-liked. He was uh, extremely popular. you got to give it up for Bob Saget. I'm a little surprised. I'm not saying he deserves a 21-gun salute or anything. (laughs) (laughs) Guys, tone it down a bit. It's not ahead of state. All right, ROTC has gone rogue. I uh, I think we. How about a compromise? Just one more. Okay, this is like four gun salute is enough, right? Okay. All right, that, that's good enough. We gotta appreciate Bob Sag and everything he's given to the whole community. Oh, Bob Sag! Oh, okay. <laughs> that's why he wants to be immortalized. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, uh, Parker. it's like with uh, John Madden dying, like. The fucking fuck you Gumby video oh, is yeah. as important to Madden's <laughs> legacy as John Madden himself. Absolutely. thousand percent. Oh, unquestionably. I'm going to always think about it. Uh, Parker, do we have any other news? Uh, I have one piece of news that ties into my jerk of the week. Because we get to Monday, recording day, <clears throat> it's been a quiet week, and then all of a sudden, hey, you want an Americanized remake of The Raid? On Netflix from the guy who did The Expendables 3, parentheses, the, not the good one, in The Hitman's Bodyguard. 
<laughs> why can't good things just happen to me for like more than three days in a row? I mean, that's why I don't understand. You can always not watch it and pray that your teams do well. That's that's. <laughs> I mean, you you know I'm gonna watch this. Like, I mean, of course yeah, you, you are you because know you love watch your Netflix this. originals, man. You're the one who's gonna do Produced by Michael Bay. It's already on the schedule. Exactly. You yeah, don't even know I it mean, yet. Yeah, they haven't even cast anyone. It's already on the schedule. I'm just, yeah, you know, I, you said they haven't cast anyone yet. Ryan Reynolds is going in this one. So Look, let me put it this way. I saw somebody make a sanctimonious post about how mad they were they were making this movie. And I was like, cool, don't care. If there's cool stunts, I'm going to like it. And like six people were like, yeah, he's got it right. Yeah, I'm sure so, there's going to be a lot of good know, stunts in this. You can trust Netflix to make a good movie. Uh, so, absolutely. Parker, are you th- speaking of mad, do you think they're going to cast Ken Jong as Mad Dog? <laughs> That's gonna chill down my yeah. spot. Have fun with your movie, Alex. So, uh. <laughs> you know, the Joker thinks that's a regular dog. <laughs> okay. Well, uh, let's get into it's our. It's too late for this. Yeah. You can't just. Do yeah. That. So, let's get into uh, our jerks of the week. Oh, fuck. I can't believe you've done this. First of all, runner-up, Hero of the Week is myself, because I got a promotion at work, and uh, when I was told on the Google Meet that I got a promotion, uh, when my boss told me I did this. Oh, yeah. And he... like this? (laughs) I downloaded it specifically so that would happen. So, very happy about that. But, Jerk of the Week still exists. So, you guys may have seen that uh, video going around on Twitter of, like, the... um, the uh, military using the jetpacks and everything like that. And uh, I was so proud. I was patriotic. I was ready to enlist right then and there. Turns out those are not our troops. Those are their troops. Those are British Marines. So they're probably going to like wear dresses when they get... Disgusting. Yeah, I, already I'm pissed off. Jetpacking to go... We should kids. steal their technology. The president Absolutely. of Argentina slammed his fist on the table when he saw that. <laughs> Give a hot gay fuck. <laughs> Alex, who is your jerk of the week? <laughs> if you think I'm picking anything but the entire Oakland Raiders team, you're a fucking psycho. <laughs> yeah. Or wherever they're from. Well, no, no wait, they got demoted into Oakland now. Yeah, they, they, I didn't we, even we're sending them back. <laughs> they, yeah. they don't get to play in the new stadium next year. Right. They have to go back and play on a fucking baseball diamond. Fuck you guys. The biggest party poopers possibly in uh, football history. All of the energy in my body, everything coursing through me, wanted that tie more than anything. And then they showed that one Steelers fan in the stands, and I was like, <laughs> all I want to do is watch this guy react for an hour. Oh, That's yeah. It. And they took that from me, and I'll never forgive them. Fuck those guys. Uh, unbelievable. I think it does one. Okay, so let's get into what we watched recently. I went to the Alamo Draft House and saw one of the... Does Parker not get one? I thought he did. Parker, I thought your jerk of the week was uh, whoever did the... Yeah, the everyone board. involved in that. Yeah. But also, oh, I just, just listened to that, there. Yeah. Uh, I, actually, Hero of the Week. Yeah. Uh, Hero of the Week, everyone involved in sneaking that monkey suit onto that space station. Dude, that's one of the funniest, <laughs> funniest videos I've, I've ever, ever seen. seen in my life. <laughs> I've never... That would be like a top three scariest thing I could imagine is waking up on a spaceship and seeing a monkey flying at me at top speed on a spaceship in zero gravity. Man, you know what? I think I'd process that pretty quick. Like, if that's how I'm gonna go, that's how I'm gonna go. I'm gonna be the guy that got maimed by a monkey in space. I mean, I'm good with that death. At I'm least really for all the stories that. in hell that you're gonna tell. <laughs> so, uh, how'd I, I, you While, get while we're, you know, over some beers, you know, yeah. which they have there, right? So how did you... How'd... <laughs> That was good. Change my mind, now you're going to heaven. Just to spite you, you're going to heaven. <laughs> you showed me, dude. Yeah. So, uh, how'd you get here? 
Dude. <laughs> so I went to oh, oh like that, that that scene with the dog from Family Guy sitting around with Kurt Cobain and Van Gogh. God damn it! We've <laughs> <laughs> been sitting on this all week. Yeah, that's he's the only one who remembers anything from the movie. Okay, so I went. I to actually the... watched it. Unlike you, fake please... that read Wikipedia for jokes. I no, I watched it. I wish I didn't. I. <laughs> uh... I uh, I went to the Alamo Draft House to watch one of the best movies ever made on the big screen. I got to see Goodfellas, and uh, yeah, what's there to say besides it's perfect? Uh, I guess I'll say this: everyone gives Lorraine Bracco uh, a lot of shit. They say that she's the worst part of that movie. And first of all, the worst part of Goodfellas uh, that doesn't say much because everything is so good about it. But also, she's really good. She's one of the best parts about that movie. I don't know why people don't like her in Goodfellas. I thought she was one of my favorite parts there. Uh, it's really good and another one where just to emphasize just how fucking awful uh, Letterboxd is almost all the comments on all the top comments are just like actually they're bad fellas thanks guys got it oh, I just hate Lorraine because this fucking bitch wife won't let him do cool crimes like my good friend Walter White <laughs> yeah she's harsh against Buzz Eyes he's constantly <laughs> cheating on her in broad daylight uh, I do kind of like how the film good is. Women, I do like how the film is constantly uh, like structured around like here's this bad thing that Henry Hill should do, and then it be the next scene is him doing a lot of it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, next one is an assignment. Parker told me to watch a movie called Bound, uh, and this one has Jennifer Tilly and someone else. Uh, I actually did like this one. I think it's very good. Uh, everyone talks about this movie. As like, oh, dude, that really hot, killer, lesbian, sex scene. And people talk about it so much that I was, like, a little too prepared for it. You know? Like, if they had just dove right into it, I'd been like, oh, hey, here we go. Turn the lights down. But, like, watching it now, it's just like, okay, that scene's actually kind of short. And it's front-loaded, so the movie has to work outside of that scene. The good news is it does work outside of that scene very, very well. Uh, this this movie could have been made without that scene and it still would have been pretty good as it stands the movie is great as a result of its conclusion I don't remember the name of the other actress Parker do you remember her name? Uh, is that one Gina Gershon? yeah Gina dude I want to go trans and gay just for her I want to pull a fucking Chris Chan just for that woman <laughs> unbelievable oh, is that what we're calling her to be now? your mom? got him the next Ladies one. and gentlemen, we got <laughs> the next one. Can we uh, talk about how good Joey Pants is in that movie. Oh, though, dude, well, he's good in everything, second. but like I knew he was in it. Like I see Joey Pants is in this by the opening credits. They don't say pants, but we know. With his hair, I was just like, "Is that him? Are we sure that's him?" Because like I don't. <laughs> then he see opens him. his mouth. But, like, yeah, oh, then he opens his mouth. It's like, oh, it couldn't be anyone else. <laughs> it's like a, so it's a more dignified Michael Rappaport. Uh, so yeah, he's <laughs> he's quite good in that movie. Uh, I like him a lot. Uh, next assignment here: Parker told me to watch the movie Monkey Shines, but before, <laughs> what? Guess who also watched this this week? Oh, did you? Episode you However, however, before we get into that, I thought you know what? I have to watch the entire Monkey Shines filmography. So I watched the entire uh, new Planet of the Apes trilogy that just came out. So, sure, why not? <laughs> yeah, I watched the... Because uh, actually, if you think back to like years and years and years ago, this is back before I moved to Reston, 
this is uh, early days of the podcast. We're like, oh, great idea for a podcast episode. We'll do Play of the Apes. And then we no. watch different movies, and we're just like, oh. One of, that was a I poor idea. I vividly remember us stopping recording and not even half our later text. you like, hey, can you just delete like all of that at the end? It was yeah. fucking terrible. Yeah, we, yeah. And you didn't. Yeah. <laughs> for some oh. reason. Oh, you actually listened? Oops. Anyway. Uh, well, no, my coworker did. Who oh. asked me about yeah, it. Yeah, all right. You know, <laughs> tell that guy to go fuck his or herself. Next oh, one. Why won't? He won't skip episodes. I keep telling him. Yeah, I try my best to. It's man. fine. So, next I one. It, dude. Yeah. The first one looks is. like you guys. He needs to watch all of them on the list. Right, exactly. <laughs> so, uh, I watched Rise of the Planet of the Apes. The first one came out in 2011, and uh, I think this movie's actually kind of shitty. Uh, it's got pretty good CGI for its time. Uh, Andy Serkis does a good job. Um,. I don't like James Franco in this or almost anything else. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he's in this one. He's oh, this genius wow, yeah. scientist. He's a, a, a brain genius scientist who invents the brain pills called this Flowers for Donkey Kong. And he does this <laughs> just because his dad uh, is, like, slipping into senility. And he wants to make his dad, like, you know, cogent again. And, like, okay, he does this. And he's feeding all these brain pills to Caesar the monkey, who can now beat him in chess. Giving <laughs> his monkey alpha brain. Yeah. <laughs> and then he gives the pills to his dad, who wakes up and can play the piano. That's not how pianos work, dude. <laughs> Isn't that a Simpsons joke? The Planet of the Apes musical? I, I don't know. I guess so. Of course I, he can. Well, so, I didn't before. See, my biggest problem here is that, like, I understand what's going forward. It's trying to be, like, an animal abuse thing. Whatever. I get it. Also, animal testing. Again, I understand it. But then it just devolves into a dumb action movie. And I get it. It's like, oh, I just want to see the dumb animals just, like, pick up guns and overrun people and go, ooh, ooh, ah. And it's like... It doesn't really work. It's not cohesive. It's it, I, I really didn't like it. And I kind of feel like Planet of the Apes deserves better than this. Because I don't know if you guys have seen the 1968 version with Charlton Heston. That's a great movie. That's one of the great movies in history. And to see it like reduced to this, I was like, oh, that's awful. I've seen I, the first one in one of the sequels. Oh, even I haven't yeah, seen yeah, one of those. Yeah. Weird. I haven't seen any of those 70 I, I, sequels, man. <laughs> I guess the twist when I watched the trailer. So <laughs> oh, yeah, you know, yeah. Uh, the Rise is yeah. like a really expensive B-movie. It is yeah. really stupid, but then a gorilla jumps at a helicopter. And yeah, know, even then, three stars. even then, I kind of rolled my eyes. I just wasn't having fun with it because I knew it was going to happen. It was just like, I've seen But then a uh, monkey hits Draco Malfoy in the head with the stun gun. You know? Oh, yeah, that's another <laughs> scene. The movie might be pretty good, actually. Yeah, but here's another thing that I didn't like about that scene. Because right before Draco Malfoy says... Get your stinking paws off me, you damn dirty ape. And I was like, oh, come on. It was just, it was annoying. It's kind of like watching The Mandalorian and then Luke Skywalker comes out at the end. It's like, no, come on. Just let me have fun with this, right? Anyway, uh, I moved on to the sequel to 2014's Dawn of the Planet of the Apes. Now, this is a great movie. And oh, I was dude, so surprised. Movie. Yeah, I was so surprised that I, I watched it and was like, wow, this isn't good. This is great. Like, it, it really is the Empire Strikes Back of the series somehow. I can't believe I'm <laughs> saying that. Uh, it, like, I like the characters. There's a lot of development. There's a lot of thought that goes into this. I There's a lot of high tension. There's a lot of stakes that goes into this. I was like, wow, I, I actually really care about this. The CGI is better than ever. Uh, here's a cool thing. You can watch this movie without subtitles, and you'll still get it. You'll still understand what's going on. 
Uh, even though I don't speak monkey. Even though you don't speak monkey. And what they do, they do the sign language thing. Uh, it, like, you you still basically get it. And you're still, like, interested in what's going on here. Like, fucking Koba? Like, you're going to remember that fucking villain for a while. Uh, that really scene don't... where he plays dumb to sneak up on the guys. Dude. Just grab the gun and murk them both. Yeah, that That's was really the cinema, baby. <laughs> I, I do shit. like the first time he does it because he's just like these. They're like, "Oh, get away from!" They have the gun pointed at him, and they just goes, <laughs> <laughs> and it goes like that, and just somersaults away. <laughs> Gets on the rhino and rides away. So uh, yeah, dude, I fucking love Dawn. Dawn of the Planet of the Apes is a great movie. Uh, he's on horseback. That's what yeah. it's always been about. Which is weird because like it's a different thing. It's like, oh man, isn't that epic? The monkey's riding a horseback and stuff. And it's like, no, 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 like. It kind of makes sense in this context. It's also like, but also yes, yeah. As much if I saw a chimp on a horseback, I would break my own neck immediately. (laughs) Absolutely, go fuck yourself. And the final one is War for the Planet of the Apes. So monkey shines. Alex, what was your favorite part? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I got nothing to say about War. War is just kind of boring to me. Yeah, I remember loving it in theaters, and the more I thought of it, I'm like, wait. It's one of those movies where the more I thought of it, the less I enjoyed it, and I have not seen it since I saw it in theaters. Yeah, it just... Yeah, that, there's that's, just, just not <laughs> that's the only one of those three that I've seen. Is it really? <laughs> oh my yeah. god, dude. Absolutely. I, saw, I, think I, saw, I think I saw it on a plane. <laughs> oh, really? Oh, jeez. Yeah. I'll tell you this much, dude. If you actually watched Dawn, I, I think you would enjoy it. It's, it's well. I am absolutely positive I'd enjoy it, yeah. but also, like, you, you know... Yeah, it's one of those situations, it'd have to be like a perfect storm of me like scrolling through insert streaming service and come across that. Oh, yeah. Huh. And you also have time. the first one, I'll play it. Because it's like two hours, 15 minutes, so you have to have time set aside. Oh, yeah. The only no, reason I'm mousing right past that. The girl I was dating at the time, like her family loved all those 60s Plenty of the Apes movies, so it's like, sure, I'll go see this. And was surprised to see it was a real movie. At first or of all. Or else, I mean, look at me, I would have never fucking seen <laughs> yeah, that. Come on. Also true, yeah, yeah. I guess we can move on to Monkey Shines here, uh, directed by our close personal friend, George Romero. Uh, Now, this is a weird one here. I wonder, I think, Alex, you're going to disagree with me here. I kind of like the runtime being an hour 53, because I like the time that's given to everything. I especially like that the first act of the movie feels like it's going to be like fucking Brian song or something. It's like this inspirational (laughs) story. But first of all, we have to talk about the way this guy gets hit by that fan. And oh he God. fucking it's... he flies through the air and pirouettes like he's Brian Boitano. Dude, he literally looks like he's winding up for a spin kick. He like... does. You see the light coming out, you hear Forest Law's theme song, it's great. So he's stuck in a in a wheelchair and he tries to kill himself and I gotta tell you, dude, that was a kind of a shocking scene just seeing him with the plastic over his face. I was like, fuck! Wasn't ready for I thought a monkey was gonna do stuff. So, uh, yeah, that, uh, that scene got me. I do like that the monkey's, like, kind of small. It's not gonna be, like, a fucking, uh, it's not gonna be, like, Shakma. And it's not even gonna be, like, Bonzo. By the way, oh, that reminds me, though, the one scene I did, like, from War of the Planet of the Apes is the one that the guy's got the, instead of Born to Kill on his helmet, he just has Bonzo Killer. <laughs> Born to Kill Babies. Yes. So, <laughs> Ella, the uh, the brain genius monkey who's been getting uh, brain genius fluid from... Is that Stanley Tucci, I guess? <laughs> Tragically, in this universe, Sean McVay has died. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> this is the same universe as what was the, the Robot Buddy uh, movie that I watched. 
<laughs> that Wes Craven one? Yeah, Deadly Rocky Friends. Four. Yeah, it's that shit. Anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Ella here can uh, put on Stravinsky for you to listen to. He's like, hey, that monkey did that all by himself. This guy is like such a chat, even though he's in a wheelchair. <laughs> monkey, put on Holy Diver again. <laughs> I'll sync that up in post. So, <laughs> so by the way, that caretaker is it such is a fucking the bitch. most unnecessary bitch performance I have ever seen in a movie. <laughs> like, why is this character even in this? Just have it be about the mom the whole time. Well, I mean, here's the thing. Well, Alex, you wouldn't understand because you're not watching every movie from the list, but you have these characters in these movies as, like, one of the first victims where it's like, oh, I really don't mind seeing this character die, you know? Because, like, you know someone has to get killed and you'd be like, oh, I want this person to die. Then you're going to move on to people you don't want to They die. didn't. The they just left. This person got killed. The, this like, her this character yeah, exactly. by herself yeah. is my issue with so, the runtime because I agree with everything else you said about it, but, like... Also, just lop this character off. We saved ten minutes. Everybody's happy. Yeah. No, it's, it's not. It's a your fucking monkey murder horror movie. movie. Horror movies do that a lot. <laughs> 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 you expect her? I really did think she was going to be killed. I would have been like, if I was a monkey, I, that'd be my first time. Fuck that bird. bird too. Also, if there's any babies around, I hate birds. <laughs> also, so any dogs. That made me so happy. So. Not in like a fear way. I just think they're like unbelievably annoying. Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm ready to keep okay. going on this. So, uh, You're doubting my <laughs> hatred for birds. Fuck you. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. I would. I mean, you know, we are running late, but I would. Oh, there's love not like to some trigger birds. Yeah, let's. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's literally it. He just thinks they're annoying. Yeah. Okay. He's just pissing off. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. No wonder you were so upset when I, when I told you that I made Gabby watch the birds. <laughs> anyway. No, that uh, was because she. Well, she isn't, but you know. No, no, she's not. Okay, thank you. So, yeah, back to Monkey Shines, where he goes into Monkey Vision when he falls asleep. I was so excited for Monkey Vision. <laughs> Dude, that was my, my first sign. Like, 45 minutes into this movie, I was like, wow, this is pretty good. You know, it's a good thing this wasn't written by Stephen King. Otherwise, a monkey would develop uh, supernatural powers, and he'd be able to have a psychic connection with a monkey. And then... <laughs> you, can, uh, you can tell that uh, this was made by a real director because Monkey Vision wasn't a one-off bit. It was actually done for a reason. Because oh, watching right, that yeah. first Monkey Vision scene and how bad and stupid it looks, you know, like, this has to be in service of something or it's going to be as dumb as the Snake Vision in Snakes on a Plane. Right, yeah. <laughs> Which, uh, luckily, no similarities there. Anyway, the monkey fucking immolates a house with the guy's ex-girlfriend and his doctor. <laughs> I did like how his future girlfriend is just like, yo, animals are instinctively afraid of fire. Watch this. <laughs> holds a match to the monkey he just here. Ah, ah, and it runs away. <laughs> He's like, that's because she knows what it can do. <laughs> That actor is going like he's practically sounding like Hulk Hogan in some of these scenes, just fucking cussing out his mom. <laughs> you stupid bitch! This... You only care about yourself, brother. <laughs> this is literally like if Dawson was in a movie. It's yeah. so good. <laughs> <laughs> Dawson, you play with that monkey in there. <laughs> <laughs> bitch, mom hates my monkey. <laughs> Oh, the the my final milk squat. 
But <laughs> horribly that wrong. Gay ass. That doesn't work. <laughs> Mark Rickles away my fucking gay ass in a wheelchair. <laughs> Mark Rippletoad has fucked me for the last time. <laughs> hey, to uh, all my friends I work with, good luck understanding none of this. <laughs> don't ask me to explain it, because yeah. I won't. Yeah. I, can't, I can't craft it into a joke fast enough, but chair cell just keeps flashing in my brain. <laughs> chair cell. <laughs> That's the reason the nurse won't fuck... Well, although she does, she sleeps I, with that guy. Dude, I am going to be thinking about that sex scene for weeks. <laughs> Somebody shot a real ass sex scene with a quadriplegic. <laughs> it's unbelievably good. I fucking adored it, dude. Anyway, his because, mom like, gets like like twenty minutes before that. I was like sitting in my chair watching this. I was like, I should type a fucking sex joke about this movie. Now nah, I'm not gonna. I don't feel like touching the keyboard. And then they literally <laughs> did everything that I was gonna make fun of. <laughs> oh man then anyway his mom gets electrocuted by the monkey in the same way that the mom from elves gets electrocuted <laughs> the monkey fucking winding up and throwing that blow dryer in the back yeah. it's so fucking good just watching film. just watching her fucking foot hit the wall like this <laughs> never not gonna use it the last thing you hear is a hoot spin. Just monkey electrocuting. <laughs> That's how it escapes. How do they? How do they kill the monkey in monkey shots? Oh, buddy! <laughs> I don't remember. What is it? What do they do? Maybe the funniest scene I've ever seen in a movie. <laughs> Him just whipping that fucking monkey around with his teeth for what feels like a minute and a oh, half. Right. Like right. it's like like it's the fucking vomit scene in Team America. <laughs> it, just, <laughs> it just goes on forever. <laughs> it is absolutely perfect. <laughs> that little monkey just getting whipped around like <laughs> Oh my god, dude. Oh. <laughs> I. <laughs> if you. Like, I don't blame anybody for not wanting to sit through a two hour movie about a quadriplegic and his pet monkey. But, like, if that fucking scene is on YouTube somewhere. <laughs> dude, it's it right is... up there with a the fucking one from Feed the Gods, too. Get the fuck out of here! <laughs> it is. Yeah, yeah, basically. Yeah. Alright, well. Well, well. Speaking of people in wheelchairs, I hey, watched uh, this. Okay. Chris, one last thing. On Go ahead. Feel like I gotta hear this. Did you read the IMDb trivia in this movie? Uh, yeah, but I forgot what it was. What did they say? I had completely memory hold the fact that Malcolm in the Middle made an episode parodying this. Oh my god, dude! <laughs> dude. <laughs> I can't believe multiple people watched this enough to, for someone to make a parody. Dude, it's just, it's so on brand for that show to be oh, a movie that no one has seen. <laughs> oh, oh man. my god. Oh. What a film. Well, anyway. Yes. Uh, speaking of movies about people in wheelchairs, as a Tarek reference here, I watched St. Elmo's Fire. Have either of you seen this film? Yeah, why does he no, hate why? that rock so much? Here's the thing. Uh, many of you may know the song, I have. Now, 
the thing about the song is the song actually kind of kicks ass. Like this is a great running song. See, this is like like a low key Rocky song. I can go running to this now. I'm not gonna play the whole thing. Uh, it's actually it was actually developed by uh, John Parr, I guess, for uh, I think an Olympic uh, Olympian who was confined to a wheelchair or something like that. That's why here all I need is a pair of wheels, and. Uh, it's it's about that guy. I don't even remember his name, but the guy needed a theme song to be like, and I can overcome my disabilities and shop put or something like that. And they made that song for him. Anyway, I guess Joel Schumacher of Batman and Robin fame heard that. It was just like, oh yeah, I got a movie for that. It's called St. Elmo's Fire. We have three-fifths of the Brat Pack, and we're going to uh, make a movie for them. And it's all about how adulthood is hard. So... This, I'm going to read off the names of some of the names of the people in this one. It's got Rob Lowe, Demi Moore. I'm not going to say Demi Moore. I fuck her. Uh, Emilio Estevez, Ali Sheedy, Judd Nelson, Andrew McCarthy, Annie McDowell. It's a whole bunch of name actors. Also, Ernest Borgnine, uncredited. Um, and uh, this came out in 1985. You may recall that uh, three of those actors were in another movie in 1985 called The Breakfast Club. So it's kind of weird to see them. They're in high school, the Breakfast Club, and in this one they're college graduates. And I understand that, like, in the 1980s and even now, like, you would have older actors portray high school students who could more or less pass for that sort of thing. But it's like, when you see them both, they're just like, oh, my mind's kind of cut somewhere between them, you know? Anyway, uh, they the opening shot of them is all... Uh, they're in their like cap and gowns. They all just graduated from Georgetown University, and they're all like walking out arm in arm, like we're gonna be friends forever. Uh, these are the most eminently despicable characters in any movie I've ever seen. Uh, specifically, the men. Like the women, like they're basically fine, but the men are. <laughs> I watched this with the other Alex, and we were we. She told her mom, "It's like, oh, I'm gonna watch uh, Saint Elmo's Fire with Chris. You ever see it?" And her mom just goes. Oh. <laughs> Which was not a good sign. So, uh, who do we start with? I All these people fucking suck. Alright, let's start with, uh, let's start with Judd Nelson. Uh, he was Bender, the, the bully, the, the, you know, burnout drug addict. Oh, the robot. Drinks beer. Dumb ass. He was in The Breakfast Club. In this one, he plays a completely different role. He's like a straight-laced, uh, vocally, repeatedly a Republican uh, who joins like a senatorial campaign sort of thing, and he's always wearing like a tie. Uh, he is constantly cheating on his wife, uh, or soon-to-be wife, fiance, not even fiance, I guess. I guess it's just his girlfriend, Ali Sheedy. And he wants to propose to her. And I think the reason he wants to propose to her is what he says in the movie, which, by the way, the sound mixing is so bad I can only hear 60% of it. Uh, he's, he says that if he marries her, then he'll be faithful to her. Yeah, that'll change me forever. That ring around my finger will make me focus. This dude is such a fucking asshole. And then she calls him out at a party like, no, I, like he says, well, he gets struck there. He's like, hey, by the way, next week. She's going to marry me! And she's like, what? No, you didn't even ask me. You're just telling all these people at a party. He's like, oh, come on, why are you making such a big fucking deal out of this? And she's like, well, come on, what are you doing? And then and then she says to him, what about all your extracurricular activities? He's like, what did Kevin tell you? And uh, she's like, nothing. You told me uh, right now. And uh, he beats up Kevin and then throws her out of his apartment, which is really... It looks like the, uh, the like, fucking area where they filmed This Is America, the music video. 
Uh, I don't know why anyone would want to live there. And then he gets mad and dictates which of his albums she's allowed to take with her. Uh, which and he's like, no, don't take any of my Bruce Springsteen. I was like, oh, Al, you're leaving the right relationship. And uh, anyway, he why would he's anyone like, be worried about a woman listening to Bruce Springsteen? <laughs> also, that yeah. <laughs> anyway, you can't take the boss, you fucking bitch. <laughs> Anyway, uh, he he throws her out of his apartment, and uh, as if she would want to stay there anyway, he's a complete piece of shit, and uh, she decides that she will sleep with Kevin instead. Who is Kevin? Kevin is played by Andrew McCarthy. Kevin is like, he's apparently, according to this, he's a writer for the Washington Post. I would say a wannabe writer for the Washington Post. This guy fancies himself like a Charles Bukowski sort of poet sort of thing, and he just can't seem to, I guess he's got eternal writer's block, which means you're not a writer. You're just a layabout. Just <laughs> if you're, <the> guy. <laughs> yeah, you're you're just someone, you know, and you're not even published, so you can't really call yourself a writer. And the entire time, he's like the one guy, like smoking his hair, like love sucks. Love is an illusion, man. Just a just a huge fan of writing culture. <laughs> yeah, I exactly. Read pictures of writing. Exactly. I you're wouldn't like, actually do it though. <laughs> if you're not put, yeah, if you're not putting words on the page, you're not a writer. That's not the way that it works. And he's just like, Ugh, love is an illusion, man. Love totally sucks. And he's like having conversations with this. Uh, the only black character in the uh, movie is a prostitute, <laughs> and uh, he's like, I would never pay for sex. And she's like, Oh, you pay for you know. Uh, every time you go out on a date, you're paying. Every time you you know you get married, you're paying. And then you don't even know if you're going to get it with me. You always know you're going to get it. You're just like, okay, all right, next scene. What are we doing? <laughs> and uh, eventually Except he does Marlin end up... I love this. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, uh, he does end up porking Ali Sheedy and uh, tells her he loves her. And she's like, love is more than sex. And he's like, whoa, that should go in one of my articles. And... Uh, by the end of the movie, she has her arms. <laughs> this is where my articles would go. Yeah, if I had any. <laughs> by the end of the movie, I'm not. I'm not kidding when I say this. This is one of the most disturbing scenes for me in the movie. Like seriously, the entire time I'm watching this, I'm like leaning forward, elbows on my knees, jaw on my fist, like because I can't believe just how fucking terrible these decisions are. She has her arms around both of them, like. I need some time to myself. I don't know which of you I'm going to decide on. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> uh, he does end up getting published in the uh, the Washington Post. And I'm just like, hey, better than me. I've never been published in the Washington Post. It's essentially like, remember when Peggy got hired by the Arlen Spectator for her musings column? <laughs> it was just like, you know what really it grinds my, my gears. Yeah, it's, no, it's always like, it is my personal belief that coffee tastes better when hot. <laughs> it's just like that's like the extent of her fucking thing. We actually rewound and paused it when they like did a freeze frame on his article. The very first word of it is Pop Tarts. Pop Tarts now come in 24 different flavors is his first uh line of his article. You want to know what the headline is? Musings on the meaning of life. Oh, yeah. It's cool. Yeah, so he's third or fourth worst. I don't know who. At least he's not cheating on Ellie Sheedy. Uh, he wouldn't be able to cheat on anyone else because it's been over a year since he's gotten lead. Let's move on to Rob Lowe, who's more... Yeah. <laughs> Let's move on to Rob Lowe. Who, he's not really the protagonist of this, but he's like almost like de facto protagonist. It's like it's kind of an ensemble performance, if you want to call this an ensemble performance. He uh, starts the movie off strong by driving drunk and almost killing his girlfriend. And, it's a different uh, time, Chris. Yeah it's, yeah, it's cool to do it back then. Um... 
then uh, he gets drunk. It turns out his girlfriend uh, reveals that she's a virgin. I'm like, how in the... How did they Same. not... Really? That guy? Because you look at Rob Lowe in this one, and you look at him and you're like, that guy has fucked a lot. And in fact, he is canonically fucked in the movie because he has a wife and a daughter. A newborn daughter. You know how often she's in this movie? Very, very seldom. This is a movie that tells you, yeah, it's cool, just don't even be a dad. You don't even need to. It's What's the point? Uh... The, and, like, he's very clearly just not even with his wife. He's just trying to get with this one girl, uh, this virgin. And uh, meanwhile, he plays uh, rock and roll saxophone at St. Elmo's, the bar there where they always go to. And he sees his wife come in with another man, and he gets up and says, Hey, get away from my wife! And it's like, dude, you're clearly cheating on her. What the fuck do you care? What, what, what's even the big deal here? cheating on your husband how do you end up at the fucking bar where his band plays i don't know so <laughs> what <laughs> maybe maybe she thought he wouldn't be playing there <laughs> oh no it must be the other band with the saxophone dickhead I mean, at this she, bar I mean, that he she should have she should have realized that he was going to be there specifically because this guy doesn't have a job at one point he's considering getting a like he goes back to georgia which by the way they didn't film it there they filmed it at the university of maryland which uh Alex and I went there. We could immediately tell. Uh, the guy tells him, "Yeah, I mean, you should come back. We could use you around the campus." The guy's like, "Really? What would you have me do?" He's like, "We need a lot of good drugs, man. You can move some stuff for us." So, like, that's his uh, position in the universe. He's just another layabout. Also, he tries to rape Demi Moore. So, another feel-good movie here. And you're like, "Oh, geez, rape scene." Chris, Is this really? on the list? Uh, no, oh, thank goodness. Instead, uh, it, here's the thing. You're like, oh, that sounds bad enough. No, I need to get into details here. Because he does this on, like, the side alley right in front of his house with his wife holding his daughter watching him. Well, that seems cool. Yeah, seems really cool, kind of very normal. He is not the worst character in this movie. Are there any monkeys in this one? Mm, no. <laughs> So yeah, Rob Lowe uh, gets his <laughs> newborn daughter out of the picture. By yeah. <laughs> Let us instead talk about Emilio Estevez. Oh Dude, my god. <laughs> this fucking guy. He is lusting after Annie McDowell. Who's Annie McDowell? She's uh, the woman from Four Weddings and a Funeral. It's a really good movie. Anyway, uh... She's in this one, too, and she's working at a hospital. Uh, Emilio Estevez is in law school. Meanwhile, he's working at St. Elmo's. He goes to the hospital while he's visiting his friend who got in a drunk driving accident, and he sees her and immediately thinks, oh, my God, I have to be with this woman. Otherwise, my life has no meaning. So he drops out of law school and instead tries to get into medical school so he can be with her. And really, she's just not returning his advances. She's just paying him no mind. It's like the classic situation. Like, uh, she is mildly nice to him, but just not really giving a shit about him. He is just not very good at uh, getting her attention. So he instead decides he'll become the, uh, the, the assistant lackey for this Korean businessman who's incredibly rich while that guy goes on vacation instead of looking after the place he throws a swanky uh, sort of like party at that mansion and invites her specifically and she doesn't show up and he gets really pissed off about it and goes to her house uh, although he might do it beforehand I don't remember uh, Alex if you're listening to this sorry uh, you, you can fact check me on some of this stuff. I'm probably forgetting some other moments here. He goes to her house soaking in the rain while she's having her own party and goes through and it goes into a POV shot. It looks like a fucking Halloween movie in this moment. And you can practically hear him going, <sighs> it gets like fucking Rainy. nose to nose with her. 
And uh, she says, yeah, you know, I'm not really into, you know, medicine or anything. Oh, yeah, she takes, she does the worst thing. This is another thing where I leave for it and I go, no fucking way. She takes him home to her apartment, right? And right off the bat, like, don't do that. Don't do that. While she's getting changed, he sniffs her pillow. And she's like, yeah, you know, I don't know about medicine. You know, it's all about money. And he says, that's it then, isn't it? I'm like, what? What? No, don't pull out a knife. And he says, that's it. That's the reason you don't like me because I don't have any money. I got it. And he leaves her apartment. She's just like, what? And he pretends to be rich and invites her to the swanky party, which she doesn't even show up to. So he tr- he pretends to be rich, and the pretending to be rich thing doesn't work. He does the whole, uh, that episode of Hey Arnold, Hey Maria, come over here, to her apartment. But uh, she's not even there. It's in her roommate's there. She tells him to fuck off. And uh, he goes fucking insane uh, because I guess her roommate reveals that she's at uh, a cabin with some male lover who looks I, I don't even know what he looks like. Whatever. I don't fucking care. And he goes there in the snow and his his car is stranded there. And she sees him she he sees her with this other guy who is clearly schnooping her. And he, he I guess he's kinda like, Why don't you like me? And uh she I don't know, she it's so nice so she warms him up by the fire, changes his clothes and everything, so he doesn't get hypothermia, walks him out to his car, which is now starting, and they clear the path so he can get home, and she's just like, Hey, you know, maybe in another life, in another dimension, maybe I would have liked you, but I don't know. And I'm like, No, don't don't do that. Don't give him the idea that this might work and Alex is like, No, maybe she's just doing the whole let him off easy sort of thing. And she gives him a little peck on the cheek, and he does the my darling sort of thing and like brings her down and kisses her full on like lips to lips sort of thing and he drives away with a big smile on his face and the music plays like the crescendo climax part of the movie I'm like he got kissed and this is like the greatest thing that's ever happened to him everyone else in this movie has got lead except for him anyway uh, Demi Moore uh, is really not that bad I don't really mind her she has a drug problem in fact she had a drug problem in real life so method acting uh her oh god i forgot to mention her fucking apartment is so pink it is astonishing you walk in you look over there it is a gigantic mural of sting's face with like neon lights uh anyway by the end of the movie it turns out she got fired a while ago she never told anyone and uh she's no longer sleeping with her boss which is a bad thing and uh she's high on the coke and uh, she's going to kill herself. How? By leaving the window open. And her friends are like, no, we'll save you. And they don't try to get in the open window. Uh, <laughs> instead, they try to get through the door, which she has propped up with a bar, and try to get in through like a grate covering one of the other windows with like a blowtorch, and that doesn't even work. Anyway, Rob Lowe is able to get in there, and then he explains the meaning of the title of the movie. He says, this isn't real. You know what it is? It's St. Elmo's Fire. Electric flashes of light that appear in dark skies out of nowhere. Sailors would guide entire journeys by it, but the joke was on them. There was no fire. There wasn't even a St. Elmo. They made it up. They made it up because they thought they needed it to keep them going when times get tough. Just like you're making up all of this. We're all going through this. It's our time at the edge. This is the basic crux of the movie. This is the theory that the movie propounds. That all of their troubles are their own problems. That they're making up their own troubles. Now, I understand this. For the men of this movie, these guys are making up their own troubles. 
this woman has a cocaine addiction and you're like yeah she's the one who first snorted the stuff but like it's clearly gotten out of control it's i mean she's a tragic figure there should be a better way than saying hey it's all your fault it's all in your head these withdrawal symptoms that you're going through worse yet ali sheedy is explicitly told by john nelson this is all your problem you're you did this to yourself by doing what dating a guy who's cheating on her it's not her fucking fault so the movie is it goes beyond being sexist none of the women really have characters they're just like things are acted upon them they have no agency uh all the men are fucking despicable and yet this is considered a cult classic i don't know how uh here's the weird thing this is a borderline episode this is it is like so astonishing just how shitty these fucking people are that maybe add it to the list but before we do alex what did you watch I, I can't believe they tried to give that lady the MV Neo, dude. <laughs> um, Alex will appreciate that one, by the way. I would hope so. Um, Parker, you ready to talk about uh, Magic Mike yet? Oh, I haven't finished it yet. All right, Sorry. I got nothing. Then oh. what do you got? Okay. <laughs> I was literally that and Monkey Shines. That's all I had. <laughs> yeah, thanks for watching the assignments. All right, Parker. Dude, I've been working fucking six days a week. Leave me alone. You should just get work. I you would love to. <laughs> I've got a couple things. I'll just talk about one assignment I watched and then we can get to future sport. <laughs> hey, Chris. Yes. Hey, remember that time you assigned me uh, the Tom and Jerry movie? Yes, I do. First of all, super appreciate going to IP Torrents, finding a torrent of like 160 Tom and Jerry movies, and this one not being in there. <laughs> super <laughs> love that. Here's my question. First of all, have you seen this? Oh no! Shenron can see your face, buddy. Yeah, it's just uh, hang hang on, hang on. Let's for this. Um, Why would you do this to me? I no, no, no. We're not, we're not frozen. I'm just, just you know, saying. Oh, Parker, is your internet? Is there something going wrong? <laughs> oh, damn oh, it! Don't do that. To me. <laughs> Piece of shit. <laughs> no, I've, I haven't seen all of it, but I've seen bits and pieces of it when I was growing up. I think it was on TV every once in a while. My brother and I'd be like, oh, hey, we like Tom and Jerry. Oh, no. <laughs> well, then maybe you'd be the one to tell me why they could fucking talk. <laughs> I'm so mad. <laughs> Dude, the first time you hear him go, I'm Tom, and I'm Jerry. You're just like, no, wrong, no, start I over. <laughs> could have put a hole in the wall. <laughs> Ten minutes in, they just start talking, and the whole movie turns into like, "Oh man, we're lost! Oh, we just found this orphan girl. Let's help this orphan girl <laughs> the find her orphan dad. girl, dude. Get <laughs> fucked! Are you kidding me, dude? She's in that how movie more than they up, are. How do you fuck up Tom and Jerry? Love the Talking Animals movie where they show up and she her introduction is, "I'm an orphan. My mom died when I was a baby. Great." Love this. Sing a song about it, bitch. Oh, she did. Great. Yes. <laughs> Lots of songs. So many songs. All these animals have songs. And you, you know, know what they all do? They all fucking suck, Chris. Dude, do you like that song, What Do We Care About Nice? <laughs> this is all the thing. Da, 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 da. I love melodies. <laughs> it took me back to the early 90s where all these kids in movies would be like, you know, kids like songs. You know what kids love? Big band. Big swinging <laughs> 50 songs. Like, who is this for? Uh, Parker, I'd like to direct your attention to a website called www.letterbox.com. There is a review here uh -huh. from a user named Chasmatic. 
he says, <laughs> can I do a dramatic reading here? <clears throat> yes. This movie was my shit during the VHS years, a.k.a. my childhood. I watched the hell out of it, and I know almost all the words to the songs. I can't help but be nostalgic for it. It brought me so much joy. The animation is delectable. The food looks so damn delicious, too. And money is such a beautiful word still slaps to this very day. When Aunt Fig serves looks, climbs a stair of large-ass coins, and then dives back into an ocean of gold and jewels, inject it into my veins. Did a fucking algorithm right there? That's the most, that's the most <laughs> bug man post I've ever read in my life. <laughs> Holy fuck. That's not real. Aunt Fig serves weird. looks. He might as well have said leet sauce, dude. Dude, <laughs> dude that, it was like, what was that boxers fat gay guy? My boxers. It felt like that one gay guy who was reviewing uh, the Cats movie is just Man. like great meowvy. Or whatever. <laughs> Wait, what else? He's had a whole bunch of other ones. It was like... Oh, they did like Taylor Swift, some sort of thing. I don't remember what it was, but it fucking haunts my nightmares. Anyway, uh, yeah, you like the uh, the thrilling conclusion where Indiana Jones fucking sucks. It sucks so bad. <laughs> it's just songs like it's what all these fucking kids movies did. Like, all right, cool, we have this uh, established IP, we have these characters everyone knows, but we have to take them on a big adventure because it's a big movie. Like, no, just let them chase each other around the house for like yeah. 60 minutes. Suck my penis! Not 90 minutes. Oh no, they're stranded outside and they run into other cats and then they all learn that they can talk and there's mean dogs but then there's an orphan girl and her mean aunt calls her orphan but it turns out her dad's still alive but the aunt wants the money so she won't tell them so we got fucking, fucking 90 minutes of this aunt shit. Aunt Fig, she climbed a stair of large ass coins. And she served looks. The animation was... I can't say it without doing an orthodox. The animation was delectable. The, <laughs> the gentleman food. has informed me that Aunt Fig served looks. <laughs> when Steve-O, the fat dog upon the skateboard... <laughs> Alright, I like the fat dog on the skateboard. Yeah, course. you know the reason that you like the fat dog on the skateboard? Because it doesn't fucking talk. Because it's an obese dog yeah. that only travels by skateboard. Yeah, it's the it's only yeah, it's the only slapstick part of the movie. Also, here's a new thing: and just chases food around. How about you don't like take? Orson Welles. Yeah. <laughs> How about you don't take a nine minute short and turn it into a ninety minute movie? With Richard Kind voicing the cat, absolutely go fuck yourself. Who's Richard Kind? And also, I knew it was gonna be a problem when uh, like the whole thing starts with the family moving out. I'm like, why can I see their faces? This is wrong. Incorrect. Start it over. This is the whole time. It's bad. It's bad. Are you an orphan? Uh-huh. Like, oh, uh, are you in a different movie or something? Because, like, we're filming Tom and Jerry right here. <laughs> Don't I'm know why you're... My mom died. Damn, kid. Bad beat. <laughs> well, we'll be over here now. Damn, son. <laughs> where'd you find this? <laughs> Damn, bitch. You live like this? Oh, you don't. Oh, uh, neither do we. Well, so Ken, we'll so Ken Jong isn't in this one? That's what I'm hearing? No, he's not. If you want to watch the Ken Jog version, I have a assignment for you. So, uh... This was <laughs> BK. <laughs> before, kid. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Parker, did you watch anything else of note? I did, but it's yeah. already three in the morning. Good so, point, uh, yeah. On the future sport. Let's it talk about... Wait. Yeah. I watch in Encanto. Spoilers. It's fine. Yeah. Alright, let's talk it's about... <clears throat> let's talk about future sport. A movie about a future... Sport. Hey, what's it called? 
first of all, I think maybe we should talk about we should, maybe we should talk about Dean Kane. <laughs> yes, uh, we should, buddy. This fucking guy. So I don't know how much people know about. Like Dean Kane almost feels like no one talks about him just because no one gives a shit about this guy. But his current status is as like the only Hollywood conservative, you know, or at least the only one who goes on those like conservative Hollywood, appearances. Huh? Yeah, is that what Hollywood, he uh, sort of. He uh, he got his start at Princeton University as a free safety. He uh, he had like twenty two interceptions. He was pretty think good. He, you think he walked on? <laughs> yes. So he uh, every time. Well, he tried to. <laughs> well, he tried to walk on to uh, the Buffalo Bills, and he immediately suffered a knee injury, much like John Madden, rest in pepperoni. So uh, he went into uh, acting, and a decent-looking guy. So he got a job as Superman in uh, Clark and Lois, or Lois and Clark, whatever, The Adventures of Superman, which at its height reached 15 million viewers per episode, which I guess is good. I don't know. I don't watch TV. And I've never seen a single episode of that show, and I guess I don't really have any desire to do so. Um, Anyway, that is the one thing he's been coasting on this entire time. That, and I guess he hosted Ripley's Believe It or Not for like a hot second. Uh, I remember that very well. Yeah. Anyway, he parlayed that into Future Sport. Uh, <laughs> Nowhere to go but up, baby. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's Dean Kane. So nowadays, what Dean Kane does is he's on like the conservative uh, podcast circuit. He was he was on like Red Eye with Greg Gutfeld for a bit. He is like he's the one guy who's who's like no, there are some conservatives in Hollywood, man. And he here's my favorite thing. If you go to his Wikipedia, it says that he describes himself as having extremely leftist views on cultural issues. Such as his support for medicinal marijuana. <laughs> yeah, man, that hardcore leftist yeah. bent. <laughs> Many are saying this. Borderline socialist view. <laughs> so I spent a lot of this movie trying to figure out what he reminded me of. Because my first thing is he was giving me real heavy Mark McGrath energy with his hair. Oh, yeah. And uh, my lovely lady friend who watched this with me for some reason pointed out he is looking and dressing and acting exactly like Mac from Always Sunny. <laughs> okay, so it really fucked with me. So I have a different one here. It, just hear me out on this one. I got very strong white John Leguizamo vibes. Like That's I didn't like I. I've never actually listened to Dean Kane because I don't listen to those kinds of podcasts anymore. Anymore. But, yeah. uh, God, I beat you. I beat you. I, God, That's that should be an assignment. First, but... So. You know, uh, we'll so here's the thing. Uh, he <laughs> we'll do it simultaneously, and uh, my dad will call up and go, "Why not?" So uh, <laughs> the thing is, like, you look at him, you're like, "Well, he's probably got a somewhat deep voice. I don't know exactly what he sounds like. Just like I, uh, like I remember John Leguizamo sounding. Like he sounds like he's from the Pest, and I can't get it out of my fucking head. It's just like what he doesn't sound like he's a professional athlete. He just its voice is way too high pitched. It's fucking weird. Oh, uh, you don't buy him as the greatest athlete in the world? Really? <laughs> no, I don't. Even when he's what waking up, fucking multiple MVP winning point guard Dean Kane. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, you know him. <laughs> Absolutely, fuck yourself with a shit movie. <laughs> so he, the entire world loves Future Sport. All two dozen extras that we got for the seed, including three Japanese schoolgirls, for some reason. 
Uh, we will trade. get That's to that. like 20% reason. of the population. They've been force-femmed. Chris, I'm surprised you haven't heard about this. <laughs> I'm sorry I haven't. I haven't talked with my dad in a while. So uh, he wakes up next to his girlfriend, and she gives him an Egyptian pendant on a bicycle chain necklace. <laughs> I can only imagine which pyramid she found this in. I can't <laughs> So that's the thing that gets me about this is, uh, Parker, what is Dean Cain's nickname in this movie? I actually never wrote it down. I only called him Dean Cain in all of my Oh, really? Because he is repeatedly called the Pharaoh. (laughs) Oh, that's right. Yeah, right? I got a joke for that one later on. But uh... Anyway, he does an interview with uh, his ex-girlfriend and some guy who has a built-in Google Glass. Uh... It's the future, I guess, Chris. Yeah, in the, yeah. Camcorder on his fucking face. Yeah, in the future, everyone will look like this. <laughs> fucking Kano looked better than this. It's so good. This it, movie looks like hot dog shit. Yeah. So now, meanwhile, that interview is going on. We see a character who is named Obike Fix. Sure you guys just funny. go right ahead with this one. <laughs> Now, Alex, while you were sleeping, uh, Parker told me that he would do the voice. So, Parker, if you want to... I don't remember saying (laughs) The power of the Black Panther. (laughs) I could not believe what I saw and then what I heard. (laughs) Wesley Snipes, my man, are you okay? Yeah. What, Iriman? You're going to skateboard on thin air. Like, he's just doing that, like, the entire movie. And you can't tell if, like, someone told him to do that or if Wesley was just sniping away. He makes Hermes sound like a regular person. <laughs> Dude, we should watch March for Death again. Yeah. Yes. Dude, the whole time I was watching March for Death, this is the movie I was thinking of. So now oh, that you guys course. also have that context. Thank you. I appreciate it. I knew this was coming from somewhere, some place in your heart. Uh, anyway, the Hawaiian Liberation Front uh, comes into <laughs> It's not funny. It's not funny. It's a serious issue. It's about net. It's about colonialism, Parker. That's how you know this movie's based. Yeah. Hawaiian liberation. Who could give a shit? We're the Hawaiian liberation front. We're proud. Boom, boom, boom. This movie being about Hawaiian terrorists solving everything through the game of future sports. It's fucking great. And they're just like, bring us the one you call Pharaoh. <laughs> and, oh my god, uh, Dean Kane's a hotep now. Yeah. <laughs> so here's uh, one of the problems I gotta get to, and I think this is actually the file that I downloaded. Uh, not to Chris for not watching it legally. Um, I downloaded this from, uh, so it goes, Alex, how did you watch it? Because I know Parker watched it on Tubi. Prime video, buddy. Always so Prime video. Prime video. Right? So here's the problem with the file that I downloaded. The audio was really fucked up. Like, there was a real problem. No, Wesley Snipes sounded like that. No, 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 no. It wasn't that. It was the gunfire. As soon as I heard the gunfire, I was like, what the fuck? Why does it sound like someone's going rat-a-tat-tat-tat? It was awful. Turns out there, there was, like, an improper mix, and all the gunfire and, like, some of the important sound effects were, like, mixed in the background. So, like, all the heavy sound effects sounded really, really shitty. So, uh... Poor luck on my part. Which is a shame because do you guys, did you pick up on who did the uh, the composition for this movie? Who did the uh, soundtrack? Absolutely not. Stuart Copeland, the drummer from The Police. Or maybe just one of the guys from The Police. 
And I knew it was him because he also did the soundtrack to one of my favorite video games, Spyro the Dragon. And you can tell because some of the songs in here are very clearly from Spyro the Dragon. He just reused them. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, he probably wrote them for this first. Cool. This came out before it, right? No, they were the they were the same year. So I have no idea which came out first. <laughs> It's he. Here's the thing: is like ordinarily be like, oh, it's probably just a similar thing. No, the guy's been caught doing this before. The theme song to the Amanda Show is Wizard's Peak from Spyro One. God, look oh, it yeah, up. Dude. So anyway, I, I believe uh, you. I, I yeah, absolutely yeah. believe you. Would know. Google it now. Yes, okay. So uh, yeah, they fight off the Hawaiian Liberation Front with a floating skateboard and softball. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> he gets on his hoverboard just, and just tricks to, to get the terrorists. Dude, one of my favorite ones is like I knew what it was. Like I read the thing. It's like yeah, floating skateboard. So I'm like, okay, I'm just gonna watch this anyway. I don't even care about the episode. But like his coach is there telling him, yeah, Red Fifty Two, do that. He's like, oh, this play's gonna work. And I'm like, oh, he's gonna get on a skateboard, and go like that, you know, cowabunga, and like beat up the bad guys or something like that. No, he like slowly body surfs over there in midair. <laughs> Like, well, the fisheye lens is right up there to his face as he's going, <laughs> Then he just pegs a so softball at someone's face. <laughs> Which, they uh, have guns. <laughs> yeah, all the guns just go up in the air and uh, the Hawaiian Liberation Front is, uh, they get trashed. So It's like the ancient Hawaiians yeah. always say. <laughs> Stop giving auto fucking skateboards. Okay, sorry. <laughs> Bruh. Bruh. <laughs> so this is how the sport of future sport is played felt awkward to say not gonna edit it uh, it's fucking quidditch on hoverboards well, what are we talking about you get one point per goal three points per slam Alex what is the difference between a slam and a goal <laughs> I thought it was like a dunk where like you get really close and throw it in and do like a cool pose or something but I'm not a hundred percent sure on that yeah, because I thought it was just like maybe they mean slam like you bang into someone. Remember fucking slam ball on uh, G four? No, just me. Well, I thought they would be like that. Turns out there's no hip checking in this one. It's just like goring people with a hockey stick at times. <laughs> and uh, yeah, you just throw balls into goals. And uh, turns out this is like the typical like oh he's a selfish ball hog. You know he's not a team player. He's he's like fucking uh, Tucker from Hey Arnold. Second reference today. <laughs> One more it's usually summons. Corner, but... Yeah, I know. I've overtaken it because I got the DVD <laughs> set. Uh, yeah, he uh, he hogs the ball and he won't give it to the extraordinarily beautiful Singaporean woman. Uh, which I have to admit, he's kind of within his rights not to feed her the ball because he's got the ball in one scene, right? And he's skating through the air to the goal there's no one around him he's got daylight you see nothing but green grass as far as you can see and she comes up next to him she's like give me the ball and he's like no and he scores she's like you're supposed to feed me and he's just like i scored didn't i and i'm on his side like you scored this is like fucking imagine like i don't know willis mcgahee is running for a long uh goal then fucking like sorry Beanie Wells what is a, running for What a pull. God damn. <laughs> yeah. Willis McGay. <laughs> I don't know why that one came to mind. Yeah. Willis McGay is running for like a long touchdown. There's no one around him. And one of his wide receivers is just like tugging on his shirt. Like, hey, 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 come on. Give me Excuse one. I don't got one all day. Excuse yeah, me. Get down here. <laughs> it's the fucking Adam Sandler, Will Chamberlain bit. It's like, come on. My parents are here. <laughs> give me one. <laughs> he bounces off Greg's head. <laughs> so... 
Yeah, anyway, his team loses because he tries to ride the lightning. If you hold onto the softball for too long, it generates electricity and shocks you into oblivion. Honestly, great touch. <laughs> if we're yeah. going to have a future game with a future ball where you have to future slam it on people and you ride a hoverboard, it absolutely needs to be fucking, like, charged up so if you don't pass, you get shocked. Yeah. Like a great bit. <laughs> Yeah, so he tries to calling it riding the lightning. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> anyway, he fumbles. The other team picks it up and scores immediately, which was just really funny to me. <laughs> oh, there's a fumble! <laughs> Auto rocket loses to Lars. Oh god, he <laughs> fucked up. Oh, what an asshole. So I I did like how the fucking play by play and color commentator two and one there is constantly on the screen. Like you're always seeing his face. Like I don't want to see that guy. I want to see the action. Like, I'm having enough trouble paying attention because one team is wearing orange and black, and the other team is wearing red and black. <laughs> Imagine after every, like, big play, Al Michaels just took up three quarters of the screen to tell you about what happened. <laughs> well, wow, Cam Newton <laughs> could ride the lightning. I hate to see it. Well, Cadillac Williams is going to have some trouble on that one. <laughs> <laughs> what is this? What's going on? I'm sorry. I'm doing this now. So, uh... What was I doing? Oh, yeah, so he uh, he loses the big game, and I have to close the Tom and Jerry letterbox review. I keep staring at it. <laughs> he, he loses the big game, and everyone's shitting on him in his beautiful house. I don't know why he would care. I mean, you got this fucking house, dude. Um, and uh, he's got a bunch of voicemails telling him he sucks. And then we see bare-ass titties on the screen. And I'm just like, like a fucking give <laughs> like that. And uh, it's, it's just incongruous to me. Because not because the tits are fake, but they are. Uh, it's in Congress because like you'll show bare breasts, and right off the bat, that's an R rating, right? You get an R rating. I hear multiple fuck words during this movie, and yet Dean Kane won't say ass. He says butt. Later in the movie, fucking Wesley Snipes will say ding dong diddly. That that does happen. That is correct. That, that might have been his choice. Yeah, yeah, that may have been him. It's like this is what I'm going to say, man. And they're just like, no, really, we stopped filming hours ago. So, uh, yeah, it's it's just like this movie doesn't know if it's G-rated or if it's a hard R. So, I mean, when you air on ABC, he just gotta. This was on ABC. This this went to ABC. Oh my god! Yeah. How did this go to ABC? I didn't think you could show boobs on ABC. Maybe they're pixelated. You know, when you take away the artistic liberties, of right? Of Dean Milt Kane. ABC uh, ABC had to air the uh, defeminized cut. Right, yeah. So <laughs> he's in the, he's in the hot tub of Preston Lacey. So uh, we have the um, he meets up his ex girlfriend Torres, and she tells him, "Yeah, the Hawaiian Liberation Front's planning another attack or some shit. I don't know. The plot of this movie is worthless." And he meets up with her, and someone throws an exploding frisbee at him. Yep. <laughs> like, hey, uh, Tom Brady, sorry you lost in the Super Bowl. Hey, I need you to come with me to the fucking alleys from Spawn. We need to talk about the Hawaiian Liberation Front. It's like, what are you talking? I just lost the game. Like, yeah, I know, but uh, there's a there's a, there's a resurgence of super soldiers and people with robot hands. We need yeah. your help. Yeah, Parker, did you uh, catch what that uh, the alley from Spawn is called? I did not. It's called the Down Zone. God, this movie is so good. So, uh. <laughs> Is, is is this the part where we get to the plot by the, the evil communist to steal Hawaii that is led by some British guy? 
Yeah, the guy... Is he the guy who's wearing... He's got, like, a tattooed masquerade mask? Dude, that <laughs> face tattoo is... <laughs> fucking horrid. Oh, Fucking forehead. <laughs> Multiple beautiful Asian women in this, so... That's correct, but... Yes. Anyway. Eyes on the uh, yeah. Okay. All right. Sorry. Uh, so he uh, he's back at his apartment and he's making uh, sushi. And I'm like, oh man, that looks delicious. His girlfriend walks in and she says, "What are you making?" He says, "I'm making spicy farro rolls." Now, you know what, I, dude? You, you know what I call oh spicy farro rolls? I call it a spicy farro roll whenever I get a bad dice roll in the pyramid. Yeah, I call it a duel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the- the, di- the dungeon masters have their own <laughs> interpretations of these roles. Uh, anyway, uh, he's he's competing with his team, right? And uh, his coach really hates him because he's a ball hog and everything. And he has to race. Uh, he, his coach is like, all right, hit the stairs with this other guy. They're going up and down the stairs. And uh, this one girl, I don't know if it's his ex or who this woman is. She calls, oh, men. And I'm like, oh boy, I'm going to like this character. And she calls them estrogen challenged bacas. Yep. <laughs> okay, so I did not mishear the word bacas. Uh-huh. Right. I know okay. that she said bacas because they use the word baca multiple times they in this movie. They sure do, buddy. <laughs> like, I thought I imagined it later like, on. Like, as bad as my uh, audio okay. was, I picked up on that one, dude. So, uh,. You guys are anyway, so welcome, by the way. <laughs> yeah. Estrogen-challenged bacas are not playing the sport of future sport correctly. It's a team game, damn it. Uh, anyway, what, what happens next here? Um, oh, yeah, their coach gets killed by a spider machine. <laughs> Why do they have robot spiders is this, that can assassinate people? Is this before or after we uh, we get the whole spiel about how the colonizers stole future sport from the ghetto? Oh, you listened to that scene? I'm sorry. Maybe but my audio was I bad, tried. but I didn't hear it. I tried real hard. All I yeah. could think about the whole time is how the sport for poor people required hoverboards. Like... <laughs> <laughs> it's it's like it's like how only the rich high schools could play hockey because it took so many uh like like so much equipment and like an yeah like the pads stuff yeah, except yeah. except yeah. like on steroids because they needed to fly <laughs> and have oh, yeah, an electric ball that electrocutes you dude it's so fucking great especially because like later in the movie Obdike fits or whatever whatever the fuck Wesley Snipes' character is with two X's. Thank you. Obdike fix. Joins their team and says, Street Wolves, I invented a mon. <laughs> As he fucking slams his hockey stick into a guy's face and paints the camera lens with blood. And then he just walks off and then she's like, huh, you ever thought about a career in professional sports? And he just goes, and walks away. <laughs> like he's it fucking really, Polly Shore does, in Biodome. It's exactly that laugh, dude. It's so fucking good. Just like literally this, the most mid-90s movie of all time because this character does not know which fucking mid-90s movie he wants to be in. This is around where we learn that, that there are no wars anymore. All of these global conflicts are settled with the one sport, which is, of course, future sport. Oh, my God. Which just begs you to make parallels to current day and 
You want to talk about a five-hour episode? Dude, Keith you imagine? It's us describing the entire Afghanistan conflict being solved by Vince Carter Olympic dunking. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, can you imagine fucking Randy Boss versus the North Korean future sport team? <laughs> <laughs> First game that they've aired on TV ever. <laughs> it's just Randy Boss going for 370 and four scores. <laughs> The, every single time they get the ball, Ray Lewis just comes out of nowhere and fucking paints the floor <laughs> with her guts. <laughs> He'd be good at future sport, dude. Oh my god. We've invaded yet another country with 53 men ready to fucking lay the smack down. Oh my god. Fonte's perfect pulled out of prison for one last shot. <laughs> <laughs> when, are, when are we getting perfect in yet another remake of The Longest Yard? Oh, <laughs> uh, that's good. That's good. Retaliating for Pearl Harbor by just sending Ed Reed to Japan. We can't. <laughs> <laughs> Polamalu just timing the snap and leaping over the Great Wall of China. <laughs> it fucking owns because this movie is just like half of all Gundam series except stupider. <laughs> Instead of having, like, child soldiers doing war crimes, it's... Alright, so they get on... Only a couple of people have hoverboard. Other people have rollerblades. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's the thing. Is It kind of seems like the rules are simple. Put the ball in the hole. And, and you'd see, like, other than that, there are no rules. It's like, well, they all have skateboards or all have helmets. It's just like, one of them has, like, reverse claws. Like, <laughs> yeah, he has first claws. There's a woman on the team with a robot hand. There's just like a 55 year old. Yeah, guy there's a 55 year old super aggro. He's like fucking bald, and he's just like, "Hey, that's cheating." I was like, "I thought there was only one rule: put the ball in the hole." <laughs> it's very important in this international political sport to have one guy who just calls his own pickup fouls. Yeah, that's, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> that's and he. He's really bad at the gigantic Australian guy, Lord Humongous, with like the fucking jail over his eye. <laughs> the, the fucking eye jail is dope. It's so stupid, but it's so cool because it, it doesn't even prevent him from blinking. It's I know. Just there, <laughs> it's like purely cosmetic. There's no other yeah. way to interpret it. It's just like, what if I had a prison over one of my eyes? <laughs> <laughs> the, the whole guy that also I like how they do like their post game interviews like in their locker rooms which by the way those aren't really locker rooms they just go right in there it's like you tell that guy who's like he's that Australian then it's like the Australian hey what do you think about this race it's just like we say down here in Australia <laughs> <laughs> the locker rooms which by the way had to be just filmed at a 24-hour fitness. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah. It's Absolutely. Like, it looks like the fucking lobby of a, one of those fucking gyms, you know? It's <laughs> like there's there literally isn't even a place for Dean Kane to sit down. They run out of chairs, he has to sit down by himself. He walks and he goes, Oh, why didn't he pass it? And then just goes and sits up against the wall and puts a towel over his head. She's like, oh, yeah, thanks for passing it. And he's like, yeah, hey, you're one to talk. And I'm like, she didn't... If you, she had had the ball, maybe she would have passed it, but she didn't because you didn't pass it to her. So, stupid bitch. Yeah, God. Okay. Anyway, she has a robot hand. What put that in the beginning of this episode. About? Yeah, she also has a. Hang on a second. Yeah, <laughs> she has a robot eye, doesn't she? Yes. Anyway, sure. So, uh, yeah. Anyway, uh, what is it? The, oh, yeah, the Hawaiian Liberation Front. By the way, uh, Alex, decided I didn't talk about this, but I watched this just after watching The Foreigner. So, <laughs> a lot of. <laughs> 
Also, that movie completely sucks ass after you've watched Riders of Justice. Nothing can compare. Uh, But yeah, it got a lot of crossover between the Hawaiian Liberation Front and the Irish Republican Army. So, each about as competent as the other and as well organized. And as many double crossers. So, uh, yeah. Bunch of Hawaiian terrorists, why are you flying to the future sport championship to blow things up instead of just, like, (laughs) killing the bad guys in Hawaii? Like, I don't get this. Who could possibly know? So we have like training montages and like lifting weights and at firing ranges, and knowing some guys like, okay, wait, so a slam is worth three points. So <laughs> do, I, do we need to focus on the slams or just try and get singles? What do we? Yeah. How do we play this? I, I like the idea of fucking Sean McVay like at a big whiteboard, just like a big mathematical formula that comes out to, and thus we can mathematically prove that three <laughs> is greater than one. That's why we go for slams. Sean McVay walking into the strategy meeting, writing tight end on the board, adding an <laughs> S, and then drawing a line through it. <laughs> Oh my god, I wish you could have seen my face light up when I thought of that. <laughs> anyway. Damn it. Yeah, anyway, you fucking... I need a minute, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's alright. Anyway, Deedle Kane decides that he will take over as player coach. Much like the great George Hallis. And the team's like, no, we hate you. <laughs> Chris, Chris, I know that you probably weren't allowed to watch basketball growing up, but um, correct. Uh, Dean Kane, this has the most Russell Westbrook energy of any fake athlete I've ever seen in my life. It's unbelievably good. <laughs> like he clearly sucks, and even as a casual viewer who knows nothing about the sport of future sport, you can tell like, oh, this guy's like at best like the fourth best guy on his team yet he absolutely believes he's the best player ever and therefore acts like it and it's so good it's so fucking good well apparently according to the media which constantly calls him the greatest athlete in history the most popular person in the world the most uh, popular he, person he, he, yeah he must he must be the greatest of all time and he's player coach and his strategy is just like everyone's expecting me the greatest of all time to get the ball at every play. Instead, you'll be getting it. They'll can, never uh, see it coming. <laughs> you, you can you can tell that they did not have advanced stats in the future. Right, exactly. There was no halftime adjustments there. They're just like, yeah, just keep hammering him. <laughs> Dean Kane has to go down eventually. <laughs> Dean, Kane, <laughs> Dean Kane had like a negative vorp. <laughs> and <laughs> like they him and his fucking basketball team go and infiltrate a paramilitary compound like wow guys that's a crazy adventure i've learned a lot today i'm gonna pass the ball tonight let's get in there that's his big character growth moment That's the tea, sis.